This is Scott Becker with the Becker Strategy Group, Becker Leadership Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by a special guest, the author of a new book, Cracking the Leadership Code, Three Secrets to Developing Great Leaders, and he'll correct me on everything, Ella Hunkins. Uh, Ella, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the book and what you do? Sure thing, Scott. Yeah, so my name is Alain Hunkins, and the book I've just written is called Cracking the Leadership Code, Three Secrets to Building Strong Leaders. And I've been working as a leadership practitioner for the last 23 years, and I've always been fascinated by why do people do what they do. And what I noticed was as much as great leaders do things in common well, poor leaders do things in common as well too. So I started noticing patterns and I started writing those notes down and those notes became blogs and those blogs became chapters and those chapters became this book. And so I'm really eager to share this information with people because it's so important that leaders understand what are the key behaviors that really make up the fundamentals of great leadership. Talk to us for a moment because I want to ask you the more juicy question of why do some of these leaders do such bad things? I mean, you see, again, a great TV commentator today, Chris Matthews, someone who's been like, well, we got it for a long time. has just sort of been summarily, you know, kicked out for, you know, mishandling how he dealt with women that were guests and others and just bad behavior. But uh, talk to me first about some of the good behavior, the good things that leaders do that make them great leaders. Some thoughts on that, Ella. Yeah, sure thing, Scott. So if we look at it, and I think particularly looking at that question, what makes for great leaders, particularly now in this 21st century, because leadership has changed much in the same way that society has changed. So the subtitle of the book is The Three Secrets to Building Strong Leaders. And at a fundamental level, I believe these three secrets are critical to leading, particularly in these very fast-paced and technologically heavy times. So there are three fundamental principles to building strong leaders, and those principles are connection, communication, and collaboration. Connection being the foundation. The fact is, all leadership is a relationship between the leader and the person who chooses to follow. And so without that fundamental human quality, you really don't have much of a relationship or leadership to go on. Beyond that, then you have communication. Communication is the sort of the circulatory system of the body. It's what we're trying to do to move information from one person to another. How effectively do we do that? And then how are we going to work together? And that's what collaboration is all about. And what we're seeing more and more in the workplace is that people are moving toward a much more flat and collaborative style of working and therefore this need for a much more facilitative style of leadership. And so the old school command and control just doesn't have a place in this world where technology has made it so that everyone has access to the same type of information. So the role of leader has really shifted. And if we look at 59% of the workforce is Gen Y and Gen Z, and they're really craving for leaders who understand them and help them connect, communicate, and collaborate. It's it, it, so talk to me for a moment about one of the great CEOs, leaders of our time, was Jack Welch, at least leaders of my time because I'm older than you are. And his <laughs> style it, it was sort of the old-fashioned command and control leadership. And he was crazily successful. But, but again, that type of style is less and less the rule today. But it does seem like it's a bit of Jeff Bezos' style. So, so talk a little bit about how this changes in culture, changes in generations, 
have led to more of this collaborative style than the old style, you know, command and control style, which, which really doesn't seem to work that much today. Talk to us about that evolution a little bit. Yeah, so the evolution of this is fascinating. So I picked up this book years ago. You know who Frederick Winslow Taylor is? Have you heard of him? I know the name, but I can't say that I really do. Yeah, so sure. A lot of people don't know who he is. So Taylor is considered the, the, the father of scientific management. And he was the one who basically was thought about how do you actually implement workers in the workplace in the Industrial Revolution. And if you read this biography, like my jaw would hit the ground because back in the industrial day, workers were literally seen like oxen, like cattle, like literally parts to move around. And this whole idea of commanding and controlling came out when 95% of the labor force was doing manual labor. Well, that's not the world that we're living in today. And recognizing that how do you unlock the knowledge and the critical thinking and the synthesis and the customer service that is so necessary for people today? That's what communicative connected leadership is all about. And so that's why things have shifted so much. And also workers know are so much more empowered. We have so many more choices, you know, between things like LinkedIn and Glassdoor we know where the grass is greener and workers today, first of all, they aren't afraid to hop the fence because the basic contract of lifetime employment is gone. No one expects it. No one's expecting a pension long term the way people did maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so because of that, people are much more quick to hop the fence and go somewhere else. And if you as a leader and an organization can't give me a compelling reason to stay here well, then I'm going to definitely go down the block and maybe get a 10 or 15% pay raise. Right. People have so many choices. Today. They've got to like, they got to be paid fairly, but more importantly, they also got to, they can't be irritated about pay, but they got to like the culture and what they're doing every day. Interesting thing on that is the fact, I, a recent survey I saw is that the number one reason that employees would give to leave their organization is their inability to learn and grow. So people want to look, grow and develop they want to work for companies that have a clear sense of purpose. They want transparency in their leaders. They want people who communicate with authenticity. Well, exactly. I mean, more and more, more than ever, people are looking for self-actualization in the workplace as they recognize work is a big part of their life. It's almost inevitable that it's going to be. And for men and women today, it's a huge part of everybody's life, regardless. There used to be different paths for different genders. That's not the case. Everybody works today. Everybody's involved with the workforce fully, and, that, and that's where it's moving to. What have you seen, if you have to advise a leader today, and I know you do a ton of this, what advice do you have for leaders who are trying to become better leaders and build better organizations? What, what advice? How do you nail this down into advice for people? Yeah, great, great question, Scott. So if we look at some of the feedback, the data that we're seeing is that recently, you know, only 31% of people believe that their leaders lead well. The biggest piece of advice I would give to any aspiring leader is look at how can you close the gap between what you intend and how you're perceived. Because the fact is, if only 31% of leaders are being seen as effective, how many leaders do you think are walking around going, I'm ineffective, I don't know what I'm doing? I mean, no, everyone thinks they're doing a good job, but not necessarily. So I would suggest closing the gap between your intention, which I'm sure is very good, between that and how you're being perceived. So then the question becomes, how do you close that gap? And the number one thing that I think you can do 
is to make sure that you are receiving feedback on a regular and consistent basis from people who are going to be honest with you, who are going to tell you like it is, give you straight talk. In fact, you mentioned Jack Welch before. He was known for creating a culture of candor, right? And so, so important that we are as leaders getting feedback on a timely basis about how we're really showing up to show that we're willing to change and grow. Well, thank you. And when you see leaders behave badly, what drives that? Is that just human impulse, human behavior? You you see so much of it. Um, And then there's also arguments about what is bad behavior and what is not bad behavior. But some of it's abundantly clear uh, that it is bad behavior. What what drives that? Is that just how they're built? Is that impulsive behaviors that they can't help themselves? What drives some of that? Great question, Scott. So here's the thing, right? If you look at leaders, I mean, it's easy to point the finger outside of ourselves and say, oh, why do those leaders behave poorly? But, you know, on my days when I'm not at my best, I behave poorly. And so a good place to look is hold up the mirror and look at ourselves. What is it that drives our less than good behavior? And I think there's some common themes that you see, and you certainly see it magnified in a leadership role. Some of this has to do with fear. So whether that's loss of fear of losing control, Um, fear of being seen as less than, fear of being thought of as wrong. Um, One reason, for example, that some leaders don't like to ask their people how they feel at work, which seems to be a very important skill, by the way, but one of the reasons is fear of messiness, like they just don't know how to deal with it. You have a lot of leaders who have been trained to be very good individual contributors who find themselves in leadership roles. Right. People that were great productive players, great productive salespeople, the best salesperson in the group, and then ends up being a leader. The best executor or something, then it ends up being a leader. And sometimes those are very bad. Those are very different skills. Yeah, completely, completely. And so whether it's fear, whether it's also power is another one. You know, they say is that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And the, the idea that you can, you know, tell someone what to do and the expectation is because you have this role that they'll just go ahead and do it, that can, that, there's an adrenaline rush that comes with that to a certain extent. And when you do that, you've just fallen prey back into the old command and control style. So these are some things that a lot of us are wired at to knowing. I mean, I give this example and, you know, I'm a parent. I've got two teenagers now. You find yourself saying something that comes out of your mouth, and it's exactly the same thing that you heard your own parents say to you, right? And so we inherit these patterns of behavior from previous generations. And one thing we have to do as leaders is stop and recognize how is this pattern of behavior serving me and how is it not? And am I humble enough to go, you know, that's really good feedback. I need to change because it's so much easier to point the finger and expect someone else to change. And so the book is filled with simple direct, actionable behaviors that people can take to work on changing to aspire to become a better leader. Well, well, just fantastic. So the book is Cracking the Leadership Code, Three Secrets to Building Great Leaders. Tell us, how do people find the book and how do people find you if they want to consult with you? Absolutely, Scott. So easy place to find the book and find me, same place. If you go to the website, www.crackingtheleadershipcode.com, that will take you to the book page, which is a subset of my page. And when you go there, by the way, you can download chapter one for free right there. So you can get a sense of what the book style is like. And that also is a subset of my own homepage, which is alainhunkins.com, A-L-A-I-N-H-U-N-K-I-N-S.com. And people can find out more about me. 
Well, well, just fantastic. And just a pleasure to visit with you today. And I wish you great success with this. It's just fascinating the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Scott. It's been a pleasure talking with you.